Are you trying to squeeze the starting solid food stuff into your already busy schedule? Well, I have an all-in-one done-for-you solution that's going to take the guesswork out of feeding your baby. My online program is called Baby Led Weaning with Katie Ferraro. It contains all of my baby led weaning training videos, the original 100 First Foods content library, plus a 100-day meal plan with recipes like the exact sequence of which foods to feed in which order. So if you want to stop trying to piece all this feeding stuff together on your own, I would be honored if you would join me inside of the program. You can get signed up at babyledweaning.co slash program. Checking in about food allergies and introducing allergenic foods. And have you done peanut with your baby yet? Well, intact nuts and thick globs of nut butters like peanut butter are choking hazards for babies, but we want to get that peanut protein into your baby early and often in order to help lower the risk of peanut allergy down the road. My absolute favorite way to introduce peanuts for babies is using the Puffworks Baby Peanut Puffs. So When you hear puffs, like you're probably like, oh, those starchy little puff things. Like, no, no, no. Not the little ones that earlier eaters can't pick up. Those kind of crappy puffs from the store that have added sugar and refined grains and lots of salt. Uh uh. The Puffworks baby peanut puffs have no added sugar. They have just a smidge of sodium for preservatives, and they are the perfect size for baby led weaning. They're about the size of your adult pinky finger. So, you can, baby can pick them up, self-feed them, but they're so soft that they dissolve in your baby's mouth so you can introduce these peanut puffs even before your baby has teeth. Puffworks also makes a baby almond puff for the safe introduction of a separate allergenic food category. That's tree nuts. And now, finally, Puffworks put out a combo case. So it's half baby peanut and half baby almond. So if you want to grab one case, then you can knock out two new allergenic foods. We do these on different days, though. These are just the no-stress, low-mess way to get peanut and tree nut out of the way. So you can get 15% off everything at puffworks.com when you use the affiliate discount code BLWPOD. That's a new code. It's BLWPOD. Use that sucker at checkout at puffworks.com and get peanut and tree nut safely out of the way. So we want our babies to eat fish because it's a potentially allergenic food that we should introduce early and often. But there's other things to consider when selecting fish, right? A low sodium choice, a highly nutritious choice, one that's lower in mercury. There's also environmental considerations. Hey there, I'm Katie Ferraro, registered dietitian, college nutrition professor, and mom of seven specializing in baby led weaning. Here on the Baby Led Weaning Made Easy podcast, I help you strip out all of the noise and nonsense about feeding, leaving you with the confidence and knowledge you need to give your baby a safe start to solid foods using baby led weaning. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Baby Led Weaning Made Easy podcast. Today, we're talking about fish, how to introduce your baby to this potentially allergenic food. Because fish is one of the big eight allergenic foods. Those are the eight foods that account for about 90% of food allergy. And we know that for a lot of the allergenic foods, we introduce them early and often to our babies. It can help prevent food allergy. The American Academy of Pediatrics reminds us there's no evidence that says that waiting to introduce these foods like eggs and dairy and soy and peanuts or fish. So if you wait longer down the road, there's no benefit to doing that. So we take that advice and say, all right, the alternative is we want to introduce it early and often as a way to help prevent food allergy. But how do we do that safely, right? Because fish can be problematic with concerns about bones, obviously, making sure that it's prepared safely so it doesn't cause foodborne illness. There's concerns about mercury. So I want to start our episode off today 
with a baby led weaning tip of the day, as I do every episode, I want you guys to know that the benefits of feeding your baby fish far outweigh any risks. Now hang tight because at the end of the episode today, I am going to talk a little bit about risk. There are some higher mercury fish that we don't want our babies to be eating, but I don't want you to be scared off of fish. Fish is your friend. All right. And we're going to talk about how and why. So as I mentioned, fish, it's one of the big eight allergenic foods. Those are the eight foods that account for about 90% of food allergy and seafood. Okay. We think about the, the category of seafood, right? Fish and shellfish are in there. Fish is one of the big eight allergenic foods and shellfish is a different big eight allergenic food. Okay. So two of the eight allergenic foods are seafoods. Today, we're not talking about shellfish. I'll do that in a separate episode. Today, we're just going to be talking about fish. So we're referring to fin fish here. Now, according to FAIR, Food Allergy Research and Education, great resources at foodallergy.org, finned fish is one of the most common food allergens. That's why it's one of the big eight. And the allergy for fish is usually lifelong. So this is not like when we were talking about wheat, for example, in episode 29. Go back and listen to that if you don't know how to introduce your baby to wheat. Wheat is one that most children will outgrow by age 12. If your baby is allergic to fish, it's going to be more likely to be a lifelong allergy. And fish is not one of the most common pediatric food allergies by any stretch of the imagination. About 40% of people who have fish allergy, they have their first allergic reaction as adults, but babies still can be allergic. So again, fin fish allergy, it's separate from shellfish allergy. Having one doesn't necessarily mean that you'll have the other, but of course, babies who do have one type of food allergy are at higher risk or more elevated risk for having a different food allergy. So when it comes to the type of fin fish that people are allergic to, things like salmon, tuna, and halibut are the most common kinds of fish people are allergic to. And I'm going to talk today about my favorite types of fish for baby led weaning, because depending upon where you are geographically listening to this, either in the world or in North America, your access to different fish may vary. So I want to give you guys a couple of options so that you do find a fish that works for your baby. So fish can be found obviously in the flesh of fish, right? And so, but it also can be in different ingredients. So one that you might not be aware of, Worcestershire sauce. So if you ever look at vegan recipes, for example, they never have Worcestershire sauce in them because there's fish in there and vegans don't eat animal products and and fish ingredients would not be compatible with a vegan diet. Now, even vegetarian and vegan families, vegetarian means lots of different things. Some families do eat fish on a vegetarian diet. Some, if they're vegan, they eat no animal products, including the fish. But many vegetarian families will sometimes relax their approaches to the inclusion of certain types of animal foods during baby led weaning because they want to expose their babies to these proteins to help them prevent the food allergy down the road. So maybe you're not inclined to be eating fish regularly, but you might consider offering it to your baby because you do want your baby to be exposed to that protein. So Worcestershire sauce could have fish in it. It's also in certain cuisines, like certain types of African cuisine, Chinese, Indonesian, Thai, Vietnamese, even if you get fish-free dishes, especially if you're purchasing it from a restaurant, there's a high risk of cross contact. So it is important to educate yourself if your baby does have an allergy to fish, foodallergy.org. Fair is a wonderful resource to start there. And I'll link that up in the show notes to some more resources that I'll talk about today. If you go to blwpodcast.com slash 31, you can find all of the resources from this episode. So let's get started talking a little bit about the introduction of fish to your babies. When do we do it? how much, and then what types of fish. So starting with when, as I mentioned, the AAP states that there's no evidence that waiting to introduce is beneficial. 
Okay, so we take that to basically mean starting at the period when it's safe for babies to eat, which is six months of age or older, it's okay to introduce your baby to fish. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. If you've been thinking about giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's a convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online experience. All you do is just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can also switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. I used to think therapy was just for people who have experienced major trauma, but therapy can help you be at your best no matter what you're going through. So whether it's to learn new positive coping skills, set more realistic boundaries, or just show up as a better version of yourself, BetterHelp is here to help. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can help you get there and BetterHelp can help you. Visit BetterHelp.com slash weaning today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash weaning and get 10% off your first month. Now, how much, how much fish should our baby be eating? Remember, baby portions are small. There's no set number of grams of fish protein that you want to feed X or Y number of times over Z number of days to make sure your baby is adequately exposed. Okay, the guidance about introduction of allergenic foods, it's purposely vague early and often. So we don't start solid foods before six months of age because that's not safe. But at around the six-month mark, you can start introducing, I usually do one new allergenic food per week. I usually do that on Friday. So if you guys follow my five-step feeding framework, as we're working towards feeding our babies 100 different foods before they turn one, we do five new foods a week. On Monday, I do fruit. Tuesday, I do vegetable. Wednesday, I do starch. Thursday, I do a protein food. And then on Friday, I do a challenge category food. The challenge category consists of the big eight allergenic foods, fish being one of them, plus some trickier textures and more complex flavor profiles. Every Friday, I do a new challenge category food. So starting in the first week of baby led weaning, I'll do an allergenic food. I usually start with milk or egg, I'm blanking, milk or egg or peanut because those are the three most common pediatric food allergies. But in week four, you could do wheat. Go to episode 29 to learn more about how to offer wheat to your baby. In week five on Friday, you could introduce fish. Okay, now you do not have to wait three to five days between introducing low risk foods, but you should wait a number of days when you're introducing the allergenic foods. So that's why I do it on Friday. I might feed the baby fish. You know, if you're feeding two times a day, I would offer that fish twice a day on Friday, maybe a different one on Saturday, once or twice, Sunday, once or twice. No other new foods in between. You can introduce familiar foods your baby's already done well with, but keep an eye to see if there's any potential allergic reaction with fish and then go back to introducing new foods starting on Monday. So how much should we offer? I usually do a few strips, maybe an ounce or so. Okay. There's no actual recommended portion size for babies. If you look at the EPA and the FDA guidance, it says for children that a serving is one ounce starting at age two, but obviously you guys are feeding your babies at six months of age, right? So we're doing this for babies and there's no recommended portion, but I generally say around an ounce, okay? And if you're not sure how much that is, you could get a food scale, but if you don't have one that the palm of your hand as an adult, we generally say that's about three ounces. Now everyone has different sized hands, I get it. But so we're talking about pretty small portions, a couple of strips of fish. Now, what sort of fish do you wanna feed your baby? 
you can do canned fish or you can do fresh fish. Now, it depends where you are in the world, but there are certain food cultures that are more inclined or prone to be eating canned fish and others that you might have been like, gosh, I have never had a canned fish product in my life. So let's talk a little bit about canned fish first because they're surprisingly versatile and they work very well for baby led weaning, especially if you don't like cooking fresh fish. I don't mind it. It's something I guess my husband does more than me, but I've always liked with baby led weaning being able to just pop open a can of fish. Um, and some of my favorites, okay, are things like anchovies. Okay, you might turn your nose up at the idea of anchovies, but anchovies are a fatty fish. And I always say if you're choosing between, you're trying to pick a type of fish, there's lots of types of fish your baby can eat, but I prefer to do the ones that are fattier, fatty fish for a number of reasons. First, fat equates to moisture, okay? And the more moist the food is, especially protein foods, the less likely your baby is going to be to choke on it. So you, you could feed tilapia, okay, or like a dry kind of bland white fish. And you're welcome to do that, but you want to prepare it in a way where there's a lot of sauce or a lot of moisture because the, a fish like a tilapia, which is essentially almost fat-free, it's just protein, can be really dry and can pose a choking hazard. So something like anchovies, which are really fatty, they're going to give that extra moisture, which is going to be easier for your baby to swallow, less likely to choke. Now, anchovies also, as a fatty fish, have omega-3 fatty acids. These are essential fatty acids. You might have heard fish referred to sometimes as brain food. Essential fatty acids play a role in your baby's still developing brain health. So we want to offer foods that are natural sources of essential fatty acids, and fish is a good one. Now, you might think, well, canned foods, those are high in sodium. I'm going to do an episode dedicated just to sodium in the future very soon. But my general rule of thumb is if you're looking at canned or processed foods, we more often than not don't feed our babies processed foods. But anchovies, like unless you're you know, catching them yourself, they're going to be processed. And so sometimes we feed foods that are processed. And so I generally look for foods that have 100 milligrams of sodium or less per serving. Okay, and that's just a rule of thumb. There's no actual guidance in the United States for sodium intake for babies less than one, but we generally say minimize sodium as much as possible. But in some cases, you know, fish, we have to decide what our goal here is. If our goal is to introduce the baby to the fish protein and anchovies are an easy way for you to do it, it might be a little bit of a higher sodium food than other new foods you've been doing. But more often than not, you're offering wholesome foods that don't have added salt. Don't freak out about a little bit of salt in the anchovies because the goal here is to get your baby exposed to the protein, right? For the allergy prevention mechanism there. So you can do anchovies. I like uh, salmon is another great one. You can also, you can buy canned salmon. Again, look for lower sodium options when possible. But if you're not inclined to cooking fresh salmon, look for the canned one. One good thing about the canned one, there's different varieties. And parents ask sometimes, well, when I open up the can of salmon, I can see bones. Generally say with fish, obviously remove the visible bones if you're doing fresh fish, because that could be a choking hazard. But feel how the bones feel in a can of canned salmon. They almost dissolve in your fingers. If they dissolve in your fingers, your baby's going to, because they're so soft, right? They're, you're eating another species calcified bone, but when it's processed and canned, oftentimes it becomes so soft that it just dissolves. That's perfectly safe for babies to have. Sometimes in different brands, they'll actually be harder bits of bone. You do want to pick those out. Okay. So you make the call. If it doesn't seem safe, remove it, but also know that some canned bones are so soft that they're actually okay for babies to eat. Now, when I talk about canned fish, you guys probably think of tuna, right? And tuna is a great option for babies with a couple of caveats here. 
Again, you want to look for lower sodium versions. Now, if you're in a traditional grocery store in the United States, the brands that you come across are Starkist. Chicken of the Sea is another one. They do make very low sodium or low sodium versions of those tunas. It just depends on what your particular store carries. Now, if you're planning out your baby's foods and you know, hey, next week I'm going to do tuna, you may have time to order it online. And so sometimes, of course, it costs a little bit more per can. Like canned tuna is a very affordable source of protein if you're buying it in the grocery store, usually around about a dollar a can for a six ounce can or five ounce can rather. But if you go online, it might be more like three or four dollars a can for the lower sodium version, but I would say that's a good place to spend your money because you're going to get a number of different portions, right? If you buy a five or six ounce can, that's five or six portions of that fish for your baby. Spend the money to get the lower sodium one if you can, but just look for the lowest sodium version one. Starkist makes a very low sodium tuna at 35 milligrams per two ounce serving, right? And remember the posted portion sizes are for adult servings. So they tend to be bigger Manufacturers can pick their own portion sizes, though, in the United States. So um, just remember your baby's going to eat a smaller portion of that because it's a baby and not an adult. Chicken of the Sea, that's a brand that makes, they have a light tuna packed in water. It's 90 milligrams of sodium per two-ounce serving. General rule of thumb is you want to look for less than 100 milligrams of sodium. You can go online, the brand Wild Planet. They have no added salt tunas. Those are more expensive. They're more like $4 a a can. And if you're at some of the more specialty grocery stores, you can sometimes find Wild Planet actually on the shelves. um, Or you can, of course, order it online. So canned, don't discount canned fish. It's actually a pretty cool way to serve your baby in already soft, already cooked. Sometimes you can find lower sodium version of these fish. Now, what about fresh fish? Okay, you do want to watch out for bones, okay? At the end, I'm going to mention a little bit um, regarding mercury, but the EPA and FDA have guidance about what sort of fish we don't want pregnant and breastfeeding moms and babies and young children to eat. So the types of fish that I'm going to recommend, I just want you to know they're all on the best choice list, meaning that they're lower in mercury. So it's not really a concern. And again, remember the tip from the top of the episode, the benefits of feeding your baby the fish far outweigh any of the potential risks. But some of my favorite types of fish, salmon is, I think, the easiest one, right? Salmon is a high fat fish. It's so easy to cook. You can just put it in the oven. I usually do it about 350 or 375. Um, I'll pour olive oil all over the top of it for added fat and moisture, kind of rub it around, put it on a pan. Don't even cover it. Just put it in the oven, bake it for 15 or 20 minutes, depends about how big your piece of fish is, of course. And then you just want to make sure when you hit it with the fork that it's, you can kind of separate the flesh, look inside of there, make sure it's not translucent, see that it's cooked all the way through. Um, Or you can also use a meat thermometer, which is always a good idea um, and look for the internal cooking temperature of fish. Okay. And so if you use your meat thermometer um, for fish, you want to cook to 145 degrees Fahrenheit or until that flesh is opaque and separates easily with a fork. You don't want to overdo it because if you cook fish too far and it gets really dry, then again, it doesn't taste good, but also could be a choking hazard. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So I love salmon as probably the easiest type of fish. Plus it's a high fat fish. But some other high fat fish that I like, I mentioned anchovies, sardines are another good one, um, herring, uh, trout, if it's freshwater trout, again, depends where you are geographically as to whether or not you can get access. But I feel like most people can get access to canned anchovies or canned sardines. You can sometimes get fresh anchovies or fresh sardines. If you're doing fresh fish, I think salmon is one of the best ones. But halibut's another good one. These are lower in fat, but still fine for babies to have. Catfish, cod, mahi-mahi, tilapia. There's a whole list of fish that I will link up, which are fine for babies to eat. I'll put that in the show notes for this episode if you want to come back and check it out. blwpodcast.com slash 31. But if you're not sure what fish to do, I say go salmon if you're doing fresh because it's so easy to cook and everyone else in the family can like it and enjoys it when you take it out of the oven. Sometimes just squeeze some lemon on top of that. You can make a dill sauce with yogurt if your baby's already been exposed to the milk protein and yogurt. Um, Adding moisture, adding sauces, adding dippers, especially to protein foods to make sure they're not dry. On top of the fact that salmon already has a lot of fat, it's a great way to offer your baby fish safely. If you want to go the canned route, look for lower sodium versions of tuna as well as anchovies and sardines. Now, things you want to avoid, fish sticks, okay? I know fish sticks are easy, but I don't like fish sticks for babies for two reasons. First and foremost, the breading on the fish sticks can be very crunchy and very dry, and dry, crunchy bread products can be a choking hazard for especially for early eaters. If you're doing fish at six or seven months of age, steer clear of fish sticks. As your baby gets more proficient at self-feeding, you can do more of the dry bread products. But on top of the potential choking hazard for early eaters, I don't like fish sticks because commercial fish sticks tend to be very high in sodium. Again, we want to minimize the amount of sodium that the baby is eating. So steer clear of fish sticks if you can. Now, I do want to address a little bit about mercury. I'm going to put it at the end of the episode because I want you to know the benefits of feeding your baby fish from a nutrition standpoint, from the allergen introduction standpoint, but I would be remiss if I didn't touch briefly on mercury concerns. So the FDA and the EPA, so in the United States, the Food and Drug Administration and the Environmental Protection Agency, they've issued joint advice regarding eating fish for pregnant and breastfeeding moms, for babies. It's not really for babies. It's for children too and older, but you can kind of take this all with a grain of salt that it does apply to the infant population. So you wait until your baby's six months of age, between six months and 12 months of age, you're introducing all these different foods, including the allergenic foods and fish should be one of them. So they have a chart. Now I'm going to link to this chart inside of the show notes for this episode that makes it really easy to choose what types of fish are safe to feed. And we want you to choose a variety of fish that are low in mercury. So in this chart, there's best choices. So all the fish that I've listed so far from the best choices, meaning you can eat those two to three times a week safely, get the beneficial benefits from that. The good choices is a separate part of the list, like a little bit higher risk for mercury. You only eat those one time a week. And then part of the list says choices to avoid. And so the choices to avoid are fish that we don't want to eat when pregnant, breastfeeding, or feeding small children because they have the highest mercury levels. These tend to be the bigger fish, right? Because they're higher up on the food chain. They eat all of the smaller fish. They bioaccumulate and absorb all of their potential mercury. And then the bigger fish are 
potentially more hazardous from the standpoint of having higher mercury levels. Mercury as a heavy metal is certainly something we don't want to be overexposed to from a developmental and health standpoint. So the choices to avoid, this is from that chart, we don't feed our babies the following fish. King mackerel, we avoid marlin, don't feed orange roughy, shark, swordfish, tilefish from the Gulf of Mexico, and big eye tuna. Now, sometimes parents get confused about tuna. They're like, wait a minute, you just told me tuna was okay. So here's the deal with tuna, okay? When you go to the store, let's say you're in a regular grocery store and you're looking at tuna, there's albacore and then there's chunk light. The albacore is like fancier, right? It's like the white one. It's usually priced a little bit higher. White meaning the, the fish is actually white when you open the can up. The pink one, which is chunk light, is usually cheaper, okay? It's kind of pinker when you open it up. The chunk light is historically lower in mercury than albacore. So when you can choose the chunk light, then of course choose the lower sodium version of it if you can. But for tuna, in the good choices, if you look at that chart, it will tell you that albacore white and yellowfin tuna are good choices, meaning you could feed your baby one serving of that a week and you would be fine. But you want to stay away from the big eye tuna. So don't feed your baby big eye tuna. Okay. And again, just check out this chart that I'll link to in the show notes. It kind of summarizes it all for you. But I do want you to know that fish is perfectly safe to feed your baby. So if you want to find that chart, go to blwpodcast.com slash 31. And I've also linked to another great resource there too, which is seafoodwatch.org. Some of you guys might be familiar. This is the website from the Monterey Bay Aquarium, and it provides recommendations that help you choose seafood that's fished or farmed in ways that have less impact on the environment. Because sometimes choosing fish and seafood products can be hard because you're like, okay, I have to think about mercury. I think about nutrition. I have to think about the environmental impact. So again, if you go to seafoodwatch.org, their recommendations are largely environmental. That may be of importance to you and you want to select foods that are safe for your baby to eat, nutritious for your baby to eat, and also environmentally sustainable choices. They also tell you on seafoodwatch.org, like, this is a good one or this is one to avoid. Um, the EPA and the FDA guidance, that fish chart, their recommendations are based more on mercury. So again, we're kind of weighing a number of different things here, but I hope the takeaway message that you're leaving with today is that the benefits of feeding your baby fish far outweigh any of the potential risks. My favorite fish for baby led weaning are salmon, anchovies, and sardines. Nothing better than watching a baby eat sardines. It's fabulous. Uh, and I am actually right now in the middle of, uh, we have a course, Dawn and I, Miss Dawn SLP, who some of you guys may know is a pediatric swallowing expert. We co-teach um, on the 100 First Foods program in a digital program, and that's open right now for a limited amount of time. So if you go to 100firstfoods.com, you can check out our program. We go through 20 different protein foods, including a number of different seafood options. So that's both fish and shellfish, but also showing you how to prepare many different types of protein foods safely. Because I know like most of us can do like, I can do avocado, I can do banana, I can do sweet potato. Like Those are the, some of the easy starter foods. But sometimes parents get a little bit tripped up when we move into the more complex and the more the combination foods and some of these trickier allergenic foods. So if you want to check out the 100 First Foods digital program, you can either go to the show notes for this episode or 100firstfoods.com has more information about that program. It's only open for a limited amount of time, um, but a lot of parents like that program because it's really detailed information on how to feed a wide variety of foods safely, including fish. 
So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode all about how to introduce your baby to the potentially allergenic food fish. See you later. Bye now. Bye.